Thank you for tuning into Air and Earth, the podcast that lifts you up and keeps you grounded. I'm your host, Melissa Moffat, and I'm here to share some information that I've found helpful in my own life, as well as interview people on topics ranging from self-love of body, soul, and mind, social, environmental, and animal justice, mindfulness, business, relationships, ethics, and so much more with the intention of supporting you on your healing and growth journey as you strive to love yourself, those around you, and the planet just a little more. This is episode four, and today I have Amreen Karmali on the show, a space maker for conversations around male allyship. As a longtime teacher in the public school systems of Los Angeles, Amreen saw a need for men to have a safe space to engage in conversation around male allyship, to question the influence of the patriarchy and privilege in their own lives, and to become inspired to support women in their families and in their communities. As part of this mission, she leads online courses and speaks in schools and at conferences through the Real Talk Project. Amreen and I were actually in the same yoga teacher training program, and that's how we met. I immediately fell in love with her sense of purpose in the world and her overall badassery and realness. She's an amazing human, and I am so thankful for her friendship. I learned so much during this conversation, and I know you will too. Before we dive in, I want to ask that if you love this episode and can't wait to listen to the rest of the show, please do me a favor and leave a review. Or you can take a screenshot of the show, post in your Instagram story so I can reshare and give you a big thank you, or just send me a message letting me know what you think of the show. I would love, love, love to hear from you. This show wouldn't be possible without the support of a few sponsors, the first of which being, okay, it's me. (laughs) If you're like me and you love personal development, I know you'll love my newest resource, The Growth Guide. The Growth Guide is a 12-day program that uses guided meditation, journaling prompts, reading exercises, and growth exercises on a specific topic each day that will leave you feeling inspired, rejuvenated, grounded, and ready to take on the world with compassion and love. Here's a review of the growth guide from Hannah. My anxiety and my negative self-talk had begun to spiral out of control before I started looking for methods to help me heal and grow. After experimenting with meditation and journaling, I dove headfirst into Melissa's growth guide. Within the first few days, I noticed a change in how I felt about myself and the way in which I spoke to myself and a change in the way I viewed the future and my anxieties. Melissa's meditations are beautiful, positive, uplifting, and the messages and prompts that come from the guide reinforce her teachings. My sense of self-confidence and my hope for the future is returning, and I'm growing into the person I know I can be. You guys, I am so excited for this guide. This guide was put together using the tools that I have learned over the past 10 years in my own healing and growth journey, and I'm so thankful for you all listening in that I wanted to give you a deal. Use the code PODCAST10 at checkout for 10% off your order of anything in my store. I have the link down below as well as that code listed in the show notes. Hi, Amreen. I just wanted to say thank you so, so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to talk to you about all of your vast wisdom and I just can't wait to have you on and thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited about your new project and 
you just always inspire me in the ways that you like push yourself to grow and your vulnerability. So I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Oh, that's so sweet. I love you so much. Thank you. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, okay. So first I just wanted to ask you to talk about your background and how you got interested in doing this work in the world and just share a little bit about your work and all of that. Um, so this show I think is in particular around the male allyship work that I do. And for me, um, this work came about like in multiple kind of ways. I think, um, my experiences as a woman and a woman of color um, navigating patriarchal societies has definitely uh, been challenging in the world, right? And add to that that um, I'm a domestic violence survivor. Um, so those are kind of the frameworks in which I'm like, okay, there's something wrong with the world and we need to fix it. And so then when I started teaching, um, about five years ago, I started teaching a young empowered women's class um, just to build spaces for women to heal. I was teaching middle school um, and already by the age of 13, so many of the young girls were dealing with self-esteem issues and anger management problems and depression and um, eating disorders that all stem from um, a lot of various different forms of oppression. Um, So it was a great space and it was lovely. And we were also like, where are the boys in this picture, right? Uh, Where are the men in this picture? Where do they get spaces to heal? Where do they get spaces to really go deeper? Because it's going to take all of us to fix this problem so Mm -hmm. that we can all live free. And so that was in the classrooms. And then I left the classroom about a year and a half ago to really try to reach a larger audience. I love doing this with my students, but I feel like it needs to be a more um, systematic, larger approach. And so the work I do now is through this online program that reaches folks from all over the country, and then also doing this work with educators so that they can unpack their internalized patriarchies. And this goes for all genders because we're all raised in a system um, that trains us to really um, other women and other people of color, um, along with various other folks as well. So that's where that work comes from. And um, I love it. I love doing this work. Uh, It's been really transformative for me and for a lot of men folk that I know. Um, And honestly, it's also really healing for me. And it gives me a real huge... Um, sense of faith and hope in the world to see so many uh, male identified folks really step up and want to do this allyship work and really want to do the reflection to see how they can better themselves so that they can create families and communities that um, really lift up the women in their lives. It's been dope. (laughs) It's been really Oh, that's so good. Oh my gosh. I just remember like hearing you talk about all of the work you do when we were at our teacher training together. And I was just like, holy shit, this is a woman I want to hang out with. And then like, I just got to like soak up your presence. You're like powerful, like let's get stuff done. Let's make a difference attitude. And I was like, I love her. <laughs> so that's awesome. You're incredible. Um, 
And I definitely, I want to circle around later to talk about like how this has, you know, you're so passionate about it. And I, mm-hmm. I definitely want to hear about how it's like transformed you mm-hmm. as well as I know I'm sure it's challenging too. So we'll, yeah. we'll dive into that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, tell us a little more about the Real Talk Project mm-hmm. and kind of where it is now yeah. and your online courses, the structure of that and how those work. What kind of people are those? Is that class four? Mm-hmm. All of that. Okay. Uh, so let me start generally with the Real Talk Project. Um, I was an educator teacher on and off for 15 years here in California. Um, and I decided to leave the classroom about a year and a half ago to start um, the Real Talk Project. And what I do through there is um, really focus on gender and class and racial justice issues in education. And it takes various different approaches. It could take the approach of um, doing workshops for educators, professional development for educators around um, creating safe spaces for all, right? So I did a workshop recently around feminism and ethnic studies and how we can look at teaching through a feminist perspective. Or it could be workshops with youth. So I've done workshops with um, young boys around how feminism is for everyone. And it's not just a women's rights issue. It's an everybody's rights Mm. issue. Um, So those are some of the things that um, the Real Talk Project addresses, um, along with um, the Male Ally Project. And the Male Ally Project came about, honestly, it was... um, it was probably about a year and a half ago. And I was like thinking about it in my head. And I was like, I really want to create something that's like good for like people on the go and flexible. And like a lot of times people don't have the time or the ability to sit and commit like two hours a week in a physical space. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to create this online project that could um, help navigate things with people's busy schedules. So randomly I had like started developing the idea and thinking about the marketing and I was going to post it and it happened to be the same day hashtag me too went viral like oh, wow. a year and a half ago Timing, and it was huh? like, I was just like I texted my homegirl and I was like am I capitalizing off of people's shitty experiences Or is this just serendipity being like, yo, the world needs this, you know? Mm. And she's like, it's Mm -hmm. serendipity. Mm -hmm. Put the flyer out, you know? And so I put the flyer Mm -hmm. out and it went like, for my level of like things, it went viral. I know you posted it. I was very thankful for that. Oh, that? Okay, (laughs) that's awesome. Oh, sweet. (laughs) Yeah. reached out to me because they were, their Facebook feeds and their Instagram feeds were like flooded with all these stories of crap that women have had to deal with throughout their lives. Right. Yeah. And so, so many men were like, we want to step up. We want to be part of the solution, Mm -hmm. not part of the problem. Mm -hmm. So that first round, I think I had almost, I think I had like 40 men sign up for the first round. That is just awesome. Amazing. Amazing. Right. So you have, 40 men say like, I want to commit six weeks to figuring out how I've internalized patriarchy and how I can spend ways on like how to undo it and then figure out ways how to support the women in my life and be a better person to them, you know? And that was just like, 
that was just so amazing, right? So people are actually out there saying like, I'm going to take time out of, and money. Cause it was like, it was donation based, but there was money involved too. Right. So mm-hmm, people put mm-hmm, their money where mm-hmm. their mouth is and was like, I'm going to commit to this and I'm going to work on this. And so as of right now, I've run three sessions and what it essentially looks like is the first it's, it's a blog. It's a private blog with a little password and every week, there's a video and articles um, and reflection questions uploaded. So very similar, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, to your meditation um, work that you share as well, right? Like yeah. every week yeah. folks can get yeah. new downloads. Um, mm-hmm. And so the first two weeks focus on um, ways that men folk internalize patriarchy, right? And ways that you're taught, like things like, oh, boys don't cry or you know, very simple things like that, that are just like, can be really destructive. And a lot of people don't really think about that, right? Like, that's destructive to themselves, and to others around them. Right? Because when we're Mm -hmm. taught not to cry or to suppress our feelings, um, it's just incredibly damaging. And, And just in doing some of the research for this, like the rate of suicide in our country is six times higher in men than it is in women. Yeah. When I honestly had no clue, like when I found that out, I was like, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that the way we raise our young men is just so unhealthy, right? And so limiting. Mm -hmm. So the first Mm -hmm. two weeks focus on that. And honestly, that could be a class in itself. Um, But the, the purpose of the class is allyship. So then we go into what are healthy forms of communication? What does allyship look like? What do microaggressions look like? Because a lot of times folks don't even know that like, hey, baby, won't you smile today? They don't understand that that's a microaggression, right? Um, mm-hmm. what, are, what does sexual harassment look like? And then what are ways to really um, communicate in healthy, um, safe, in a healthy and safe manner, right? So those are the next two weeks. Um, that's weeks four, three and four. And then weeks five and six are more talking about like action plans and like self-reflection. So that's when folks like really go and interview people in their families and in their communities, talking about like mm-hmm. getting to know people's experiences as women, um, and really start building some of those communication skills and upping those communication skills that they learned in the prior weeks so that they can mm-hmm. sit and listen and really try to put in some work. Um, and then we reflect on that. And then week six is making goals. Like how do, what are things that people learn that they're like, okay, I need to focus on this. I need to focus on this going forward. So it's, it's very action oriented. It's not like taking this information, taking this information. It's like, okay, taking this information and then let's put it into practice. And for me, it's really right. important. And and this is similar to yoga and all of this stuff that we're doing in our lives that we fall. We're, we are okay. You just posted about this, right? It's okay to fall and then get mm-hmm. back up and try again, right? That is life. I it, mean, that it is, is life. Is. It yep. is, right? That is growth. That is how we learn. And um, 
understanding that like all of us have made mistakes and that we're not perfect. And the more we share about our mistakes, the more that we can learn together, you know? True. So that's And the more we realize that we're not alone yeah. in it and making mistakes, yeah, <laughs> you know? Right. Oh, right. we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. What is this? Right. Yeah. Wait, I yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think like, it's so great that people are out there just wanting to try is like, it's such a beautiful first step. Just wanting to be better, wanting to try, wanting to learn more, wanting to see the world from someone else's point of view yeah. and not be in your own little bubble. Yeah. Like that is, I think that's like an incredible first step yeah. alone, you know? Yeah. I think maybe we should back up for just a second mm -hmm. because okay. I'm sure a lot of people are super well-versed in, you know, allyship mm -hmm. and feminism <laughs> and social justice in general. But awesome. I, I live in yeah. a small Southern town mm -hmm. where there is a ton of incredible people, mm -hmm. but I also definitely see, and I'm, this is, I mean, this is everywhere too throughout the world that mm -hmm. there's some uh, misunderstandings about what those things mean and um yeah. yeah so yeah yeah no and and thank you for backing that up because I live in liberal Los Angeles California where <laughs> you know there is, there's a very different culture around that right Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And I think, and even even despite the fact that there's a different culture around that, a lot of times when I go into schools, a lot of the students are like, I mean, this happened just last week. I went into school to do a workshop and the boys are like, oh, you're a feminist? Like, you're trying to take away our power, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's mm -hmm. a very common misconception, right? And when I talk about what feminism really is, feminism is equal rights for everybody, regardless of gender or sexual orientation, right? So it's not this idea of women want more power or, you know, for me, feminism is just the ability to live my life and be happy and free and safe and, um, and not feel like I have to constrain what I wear or what my actions are based on um, my gender. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm not out here. Like my main goal in life is for all of us to be free and all of us to live the lives that we, the, our best lives. Right. Um, and there happens to be a lot of oppression around gender and there happens to be a lot of oppression around race and class and all of these things are combined, but I'm not out here trying to say I'm taking away power from anybody. Um, is it going to be challenging for folks who are um, not used to recognizing their own power or their impact on people? Yeah, it is challenging, right? To recognize that, um, I mean, men still get paid something like, or women get paid like 78 cents on the dollar to men, right? So there's an automatic mm -hmm. economic disparity in genders, Right. So it was really cool when I was offering this class, it was donation based. And some of the men like the donation was like $60, you know, and some men donated even more because they were like, we recognize that you as a woman and especially as a woman of color regularly don't get paid as much as we do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that was like a beautiful act of allyship right there, you know? Um, yeah. So it is, it's definitely, 
a challenging concept to think about for everybody, right? Um, but for me, in no way does feminism um, equate itself with the taking away of power from anybody. Right, right. Beautiful answer. Beautiful answer. I love you. <laughs> okay, so this also could be a whole nother class, right? <laughs> I know, I know. We could honestly like understanding what I feel like this is and and how it pops up. Yes, and, um, racism and white allyship and all of these things mm-hmm. are other things mm-hmm. that are very important. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be classes as well. You know. I know. Well, it's it's like it's a combination of like a really long history. Mm-hmm. So there's all of that information. Mm-hmm. There's everything that's currently going on. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's there's a lot of information there that could be discussed mm-hmm. and how it's woven its way into culture and society mm-hmm. and how that affects development mm-hmm. of children and how their actions, you know, how they behave as adults Mm -hmm. it's it's a lot there's a lot and for me it's really important to point out that I don't think any one person is evil or horrible or you know like I'm not out here being like oh men are assholes that is very important for me to say that like that is not something I believe in whatsoever I do believe that we live in a in a system that privileges Mm. people and mm-hmm. that unwittingly people do benefit from it. But I'm not out here to yeah. hate on them. You know, I'm out here to mm-hmm. be like, okay, these are some things that we can do to make it better for everybody. Right, right. And I think it's so important too to like realize that, and I've been realizing this as a white woman, that talking about these things and learning about these things and trying to take responsibility for your actions Mm -hmm. it doesn't it's not I mean people sometimes are afraid that their power is being taken Mm -hmm. away from them and that's not that's not what's happening at all Mm -hmm. I feel like in a way it empowers you even more because you're becoming aware Mm -hmm. of your thoughts you're becoming aware of the systems that have controlled you and your actions and your beliefs Mm -hmm. and it better it it better enables you to have better relationships Mm -hmm. with people and that's more powerful you know that's really a powerful realization and one of the real way (laughs) one of the reasons I love you so much because that's that's huge right to look at this and especially for you like as your white privilege and understanding of oppression as a way to like empower yourself to be freer and better. And, you know, because when you do see these systems and how limiting they are to everybody, right. Then you do gain an understanding Mm -hmm. of like, how, what do we need to do in order to subvert those so that you can be your truest, best self. Right. Mm -hmm. That's huge. You are a lot amazing. I love you. You're amazing. <laughs> we should just do a separate episode where we just tell each other how amazing we are. I'll be like, I love you. And you'll be like, I love you. No, but yeah, 
No, it's always, it's always like, and I remember when we first met, like your openness to and your curiosity to learn about these things was, it's very rare. And I really appreciate it. Oh, I love you. Thank you. Well, like one thing I've learned and you said you said this earlier is that like I think for a while I was afraid to like talk about these things mm-hmm. or even try to learn. And, I, you know, I mm-hmm. live in an area where I mean, like. I see now that there there is still a lot of oppression, mm-hmm. really, there really is. Mm-hmm. And. I was afraid to dive into this stuff because I didn't want to screw up and say the wrong thing right. and offend someone. You right. know what I mean? Right, right. But right. you have you have to just try. Yeah. Like that's there's these with um, anything. You have to just try. Magical words. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> right. So like, oh, I screwed up and now I know better and I won't do it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah. that we don't use. Like and even for me, like yesterday, like, um, I was hanging out with some folks and this woman was dancing and I was like joking around about her dancing and then like I could see on her face that she got hurt, you know? And I texted her this morning and I was like, I'm really sorry if I hurt your feelings. I did not mean mm-hmm. that. You know, mm-hmm. but like how often do we as human beings in our culture really do that? You know, and apologize yeah. for harming people or hurting people. And we all make mistakes. We're just we're just taught to like our ego gets so afraid of like mm-hmm. being blamed. We get really defensive or you know, but really, like, if we understand that we all make mistakes, then yep. apologizing is really not a big deal. Yep. Yep. You it's know. It's just about staying open. hmm hmm Okay. Next question. Okay. So, um, this is something we've talked about this stuff before. And one thing that I had wondered and you gave such an incredible answer when we talked about this before i i think one thing that people may wonder about and that i wondered about is the difference between a woman creating this space for men versus a man creating a space Mm -hmm. for men Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um Let's see if I can do that last answer. <laughs> uh, I think for me, it's really important to have allyship groups. And I think it's really important for men to have men's circles where they can talk and where they can feel safe and where they can get into some of these issues. But especially when it comes to allyship, a lot of times the struggle is that there is a general distrust of women's emotions. Women are often mm-hmm. called crazy or sensitive or um, being drama. And and that is a devaluing and a, and a um, kind of, essentially, I just want like this. I think it's important for men to learn how to listen to and believe women, right? Mm-hmm. So for me... I create this space because I want folks to 
understand my perspective and listen and learn from my perspective. I very obviously do not speak for all women, but the more that you can hear different perspectives of women and trust and value and believe in those, the better you're going to be able to translate that into your own world too. So I think it's a two-pronged thing, you know, like, yes, have men's circles, and those are very important to feel safe, but it's incredibly important for men to learn how to listen to and believe women without deeming them sensitive or crazy or um, PMSing or whatever it is, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's my take on Especially, it. like, that makes so much sense. I think, like, especially around around the issue of, you know, it's one thing for a man to take a woman seriously and value her her ideas and her beliefs and all of that stuff just from everyday normal things, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. in relationships or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's also important when when they're being challenged about yeah how they mm-hmm. how they interact mm-hmm. with people in the world hey you all i just wanted to pop in really fast and thank one of our sponsors blue ridge hemp who makes ethically and sustainably sourced cbd products i've been using blue ridge hemp products for over a year now and i absolutely love them recently i took my dad to the store in Asheville, north carolina He has a lot of joint pain from arthritis and past injuries, and he's an old school kind of guy and declared himself to be a CBD non-believer when we went in the store. However, they had some samples about, and I had him try on the joint salve, and after a few minutes, he was so surprised and completely amazed that his pain was easing up and going away. He actually bought three tubs of the salve. And he uses it every single day and absolutely raves about it. My favorite product right now is the spiced coconut oil. It has turmeric and cardamom and other good stuff in it. And I add it to my matcha latte every single morning. And I 100% feel that it helps me feel calm and relaxed. I love everything this company stands for. They're ethical. They're sustainable. You can really tell when you go into the store and go onto their website that they put a lot of love into all of their products. I also love that they offer reduced price assistance to make healthcare more accessible, which is something that I really, really strongly believe in and that I offer with my own resources. So if you want to learn more about the benefits of CBD or check out Blue Ridge Hemp's wide variety of products, head over to their website, use the code Melmoff, M-E-L-M-O-F, for 10% off your order. The code and a link to their website is down below in the show notes. You're also now... (laughs) You're also now creating these spaces in schools, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, like with children. I'm trying to, yeah. Yeah. So talk about that and, you know your goal with that and how you think mm-hmm. that can can affect how so how my, my ultimate dream my ultimate dream is is to start doing this work in in preschool or like with parents and um right I mean my experience as an educator is middle and high school 
And the work I'm doing mm-hmm. right now is middle high school and college mostly. Um, okay. And I can share my experiences with that for sure in a second. But my ultimate dream is to do this work with parents and with like preschool and kindergarten so that we don't have to go on the back end and like solve a problem later. But on the front end, we can like create a community where we're all treated and valued for our humanity instead of our gender or our race or our class or does that make sense? Yes. So like, yes, ultimate dream goal, long term project is to do this work um, with young babies and young communities so that we're creating mm, yeah. more than fixing. Um, but right now, yeah. the work I'm doing is more um, fixing oriented. And I think that they're both necessary. Um, so I have gone into classrooms um, to talk about these issues um, in various different forms. A lot of times we take a look at media and how media um, perpetuates systems of violence to, against women um, via like sexualization and objectification and um, there was this great video called If um, Famous Movies Were Feminist. And it takes a look at like all these classic movies like Grease and The Breakfast Club and like super classic movies and then mm-hmm. highlights some really problematic scenes in them. So if you think about Grease, uh, that one song, tell me more, tell me more, did she put up a fight? Mm. If you listen to those lyrics... It's just like, did she put up a fight? And then it's like, wait a second. Like, that's really kind of creepy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But how many times did, I mean, I own that movie. How many times did I watch that movie and not even think about it? Right? Uh-huh. Or like, right. there's a scene right. in um, The Breakfast Club. Um, I'm not sure if you've ever seen it, but I can't remember I the guy. But there, there's like a house party and they're talking about, um, they're talking about like the two guys are downstairs in the house party and they're like, oh, I have so-and-so upstairs completely passed out. I could violate her 10 different ways if I wanted to. It legitimately says that in the movie. And it's Ooh. just like... How many times did I watch that movie and never think twice about it? You know? And was it like it was like said casually? Yeah, I don't they were remember. Everybody was like a little martini in hand. Like it's just wild, casually, uh, like nothing, you know. Um, so like I'll show them some clips from movies, and then like then they'll have to take like, and those are obviously older movies, right? These kids are way right, too right. young. So then they, like, come up with ones from their genre, right? Or, like, things that they've mm-hmm. seen, and they have to, like, analyze where these kinds of issues pop up in films and videos that and music that they watch. So it's really powerful on that end, you know? Because it's not like we're out here trying to, again, blame any of them. We're just trying to find out where are these ideas coming from and how are they problematic, yeah. you know? Right. Um and there is pushback. There definitely is pushback. And a lot of times there's a lot of, um, I can't remember the names for it, but there's a lot of um, vloggers 
who are very anti-feminist and have huge mm. followings. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of young boys really love watching them um, yeah. because they portray feminists as angry and crazy and, um, you know, out to get men. And so then we talk about those issues again, like we were talking about before, what is feminism? And if feminism is equality for all genders um, and folks of any sexual orientation, then how many people agree with that? And, and most people agree with that. So, and then it's just talking about like, okay, well then if you agree with that, then you're a feminist regardless of your gender, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just a different way of looking at things. And I'm, for me, I've I've gotten used to the fact that like, not everybody's always going to agree. And a lot of times the real work is in building relationships so that people Mm -hmm. can really understand on a human level, on a deeper level, ways that patriarchy influences them or influences the folks that they love, you know? So there's times where I'm in a workshop and I'm just there for two hours and I'm not going to reach everybody because I don't have that relationship, you know? But there's also times where it's like, okay, go then and talk to the people in your family. Ask them, you know, ask the people that you love and you care about and then really try to look at things in a different perspective. Sometimes it works. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't. So when you're saying that you ask these people to talk to their family, Mm -hmm. is that like, say, for example, a father going to his wife or daughter or mom or whatever and being like how like have you what kind of experiences have you had yeah um things like that I definitely I mean definitely have more work with that in the allyship group because when I do workshops with Mm -hmm. youth it's not always so like the teachers will come back to me and tell me some stuff later on but I'm not there in the classroom but when I'm right. in the allyship group, and I also always make sure to point out that it's never a woman's job to teach a man about patriarchy. Mm. Um, mm. It's because it can be traumatic and it can right. be bringing up things. So if somebody is ready to have that conversation, cool. But if people aren't ready to have that conversation, then they shouldn't be pressured into having that conversation. Um. And folks have, like, shared some really powerful stuff, you know, about how they've never really sat and talked to their partners or talked to their mothers or talked to their sisters about these issues, you know, and in ways that the women in their life have had to navigate um, being a woman, right? Um, I can't think of a particular moment off the top of my head I have a bunch written down but there have Mm -hmm. been some really powerful shares yeah you know yeah oh that's so good it's it's just I know it's like conversation that's not normally had yeah you know yeah Hmm. so you also that's touching on how it is working in schools but you also have talked to teachers, right, about Mm -hmm. how they can Mm -hmm. teach more through Mm -hmm. a 
feminist lens, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, What is that like? That's also undoing, like, one of the ones that I did recently is, again, when you create a space to do these things, um, a lot of times the knowledge is already there. It's just not shared, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. So it's like, Mm -hmm. let's brainstorm the ways we... um, we normalize gender in classrooms, right? Like, so talking about, like, I did a quick survey of teachers the other day. It was like, how many of you have classroom libraries where the males are the hero most often, right? Or how many of you have classroom libraries where um, the women play sports, right? And and more and more these days, the women will be playing sports in children's books. And then I asked them, yeah, how many yeah. of you have books where you have little boys who are dancers? Mm. And that's a different one. Yeah. That's a completely yeah. different one. Right? <laughs> As a dancer, I can say yes. Yeah. And I yeah. would speak to you. Yeah. Um, it's okay for girls to act like boys because boys are strong and tough, but there's still mm-hmm. this inherent belief that women are weak and things that women do are weak. So boys should not associate with things that women do, right? Which is why yeah. it's not safe for little boys to be dancers, right? And I've had friends, like yeah. I was having lunch with a friend the other day and her little brother was an amazing dancer, but when he hit middle school, he was like a hip-hop dancer. When he hit yeah. middle school, all of a sudden he stopped. And he was like, boys don't dance. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and that's yeah. har- are yeah. you, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. For somebody to yeah. have something that they like, love and they're so good at, and then society tells them that they're not supposed to do that. Right? Mm-hmm. Or other things. like, And these are things that, like, it's just – things to think about as educators, right? Um, how many, how often do you line up the kids, boys, like uh, boys on one side and girls on the other side? You know, it happens in PE all the time. What mm-hmm. happens to kids who think that they're neither or don't identify, right? What mm-hmm. happens, those kids are then forced to choose. And imagine what happens to your little baby psyche when you're forced to choose, right? And how like right. how that makes you feel invisible. There's no place for me. I either have to be this or this or I'm not human. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So just in thinking, I mean, all of us as teachers, I would say for the most part are out there to help our little babies flourish and be happy and knowledgeable and curious. So once we start looking at educating in that lens, then it's really eye-opening and we have a beautiful opportunity to really change things and really talk about things differently, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just because we talk about these things doesn't mean that all educators take these in and are going to be like, oh my God, I'm changing my whole classroom up, right? We're undoing yeah. years and years and years and years and years of systematic... Um, oppression yeah so for me if it's like if it's like okay we influence slowly 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 change will come right like 
we're again we're undoing hundreds of years of ways of looking at the world. Yeah. So it's not yeah. gonna happen overnight. Yeah. I'm sure for some people, you know, like it all comes back to openness, I guess. Cause I'm sure for some people it clicks and they're like, I wanna know more, mm-hmm. I wanna dive in, I wanna learn how I can be better. And for some people, I'm sure it's hard because it can you know like it can trigger things in you like oh but my my father or my you know my grandfather whoever who I love taught me that and behaved that way mm-hmm. and defenses can be put up and it's hard to break that stuff down yeah. and yeah but I think again like you were saying like the relationships are what's key. Once yeah. you once you have that seed planted and you start thinking about the people in your life that you love and that you care for, and especially like the babies in your lives and um mm-hmm. those relationships are where the biggest opportunity for growth are. You know? Mm-hmm. And really listening to each other and hearing each other and hearing each other's experiences and um and then from there figuring out ways to be better together. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um well I love I'm like so thankful for everything that you've shared about the work you're doing and the people who are affected by the work. Um, But I would love to know how this work has affected (laughs) you. (laughs) Um, I'm sure at times you've been like super empowered and it's opened you up and helped you see the world in a different way maybe than you had previously. But I'm sure at times it's super challenging um, doing this. Yeah. It's yeah I love that yeah um it is a blessing and it is something I'm deeply passionate about and it's incredibly challenging you know um there are definitely so many lessons I've learned throughout all of this and I think for me one of the biggest lessons is to just be curious um, to be really curious about people and people's stories and people's backgrounds and the way people are raised and not to judge them, but to just really sit and listen. And I think that that has been really life-changing for me because I'll be honest, like I have been super judgmental in the past, right? And I have been like, what do you mean your politics don't agree with me? And you know, um, I'm very right in my politics. And and that is a completely alienating way of going through the world. Because if mm-hmm. I sit there and I'm all high and mighty on my, then I'm not really listening to people. And I'm not creating this idea of warmth and safety that I want, right? Like I'm just mm-hmm. instilling fear in people. So to for me to be able to listen and really be curious and understand that it's okay for us to disagree and have different beliefs and um 
you know, like that has been hugely life changing for me. Um, I think another life changing thing for me is honestly, like, like I said earlier, like this work gives me a lot of hope when, you know, like when I've struggled with depression from like the weight of the world and, you know, the fact that there's people out there willing to do this work and be in it and really challenge themselves and like that is beyond everything you know it's really helped a lot with my depression so it's kind of selfish in a way yeah (laughs) that's so good well you're like I I've like also had similar experiences where I've like felt super down but it's like when you're really passionate and you're working to make a difference in the world with something that's that you've connected with Mm -hmm. and seeing like people's reactions Mm -hmm. it really like does a lot for your spirit and and just being able to touch people that way it really does it's it's that whole idea of like paying it forward you know and like little little deeds like Mm -hmm. just really like I mean, even telling, like, I was at the, in line getting my car fixed the other day, and this woman was there, and she was an older woman, and she was just stunning. She was just so beautiful, you know? And I just told her that. And she was like, me? Really? And it was just like, I mean, it was just like one of those beautiful moments, how, like, just simple, kind words can really brighten somebody's day. You know, yeah, and like, yep. and that that's this work, like folks taking this on and the share the like the stories that they come back and share with me are like beyond everything, you know and and I know that yeah. that has huge ripple effects because then that goes and influences people's families and people's classrooms, yes, and yes, you know, it's just huge, it's very life giving to me, um so. Kind of selfish, but also really cool, you know. Um, I think the challenges on a personal level have, like, on my personal journey, taught me that I'm incredibly uh, strong and much more capable than Mm. I've ever thought of myself. Um, As a young woman of color, I have dealt with a lot of anxiety and depression and self-esteem issues and and me constantly doing stuff that's been challenging for me lately has shown me that I really can do things instead of like in the past when I was younger I was just so shy and quiet and in my little box because I was too scared to try anything um, because I was afraid Mm -hmm. of failure you know Mm. or I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to do it or like just told that I can't do things, you know, I'm not capable, like, legit people have told me that you're not capable of doing things. And now Ugh. I'm a little extra on that. But if anybody says I can't do something, I'm like, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> I could do anything. Yes. Watch me fly. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. So it's it's been an amazing journey on so many like personal, political, global levels, you know, not always Mm -hmm. an easy one, but definitely a beautiful one. 
Ugh. I love that. And you know, it's like, if we're just like kind of coasting through life and doing, you know, there's, there's so much beauty in having like ease and like peace in life, but also like, like when we challenge ourselves, it's just incredible what can life can become something and we can become something that we never knew was possible. And we can make, like you said, I love what you said about the ripple effect because that's something that I'm like huge on. I'm like, I'm like, I swear, if you just take two minutes today, it can change your life because then you'll do two minutes today. You'll do three minutes tomorrow, four minutes, maybe whatever, like whatever you're doing, whatever you're trying, whatever kind of impact you're trying to have on your life Mm -hmm. or your family's Mm -hmm. lives or the lives of others or the entire globe, mm-hmm. it will, it will compound mm-hmm. and you'll touch one person yeah. and they'll touch another person. Yeah. And then it just like, yeah, yeah it just ripples yeah. out. I love that. I love that. That is so it's beautiful. beautiful and thing. There's this great book that if that's something that you're thinking about, I would encourage you to read um, called Emergent Strategy by Adrian mm. Marie Brown. And it's very much okay. focused on how the work that we do healing ourselves has that huge ripple effect. And she talks about it on like an organizational level too, but really how like our culture is one organism and we are like little cells. So if we heal our little cell, that ripples out towards healing our communities. Mm, that is yeah that is so true that is so true Mm -hmm. I mean I've seen that like I've seen that with in my own life so much I was just gonna say with your like well even on a even like on a small scale it's like when I started to take care of myself Mm -hmm. and you know like focus on my healing I went to therapy when I was in my late teens I I started, you know, like self-reflection mm-hmm. practices and challenging myself and wanting to grow and learn. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, next thing I knew, my mom was my best friend when we had never had that yeah. relationship before. Yeah. Next thing I knew, I was really close with my dad and my brother. Mm-hmm. And then next thing I knew, I wasn't scared to talk about things I had been through yeah. and people were opening up to me. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like... We really, it all starts within us. It does. And you're incredible. I love you. You're awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I think we're both on similar journeys of of healing ourselves and then that resonating out into the communities that we're working in, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just really admire you for doing this work that is I know can be so challenging and you know you have to have and I know this comes over time um but a lot of bravery Mm. to do this kind of work to put this information out in the world to go and stand in front of lots of people and talk about your experience and the experiences of others who you know and who you are who you are not speaking on behalf of but 
who you're, you know, you're, you're helping the world in, in a large way. And I really admire you. Thank so you. just so you And know. I would also say likewise. And I also like, you're the second person that's told me I'm brave in the past few days. And it's like, not something I think of myself whatsoever, but like, I'm starting to learn how to take a compliment. <laughs> yes. And, you know, like, think about myself in a different way. And I, and I do appreciate you naming that. Mm. And and I do, I am starting to think of myself as like, oh, okay, like, maybe I am brave. Maybe I do have a lot of courage and um, go me. Like, I never knew that about me. Yes, own it. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, own it. Yeah. Own it. I think like, oh, that's, that's something that I've been working through too is like, like, receiving mm-hmm. those like words of praise and stuff like that and being like, okay, yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. And then when you do that, it's giving permission to others to do the same. You know what I mean? Like, or like inspiring them to be like, oh, okay, I can be, mm-hmm. I'm allowed to be brave. I'm allowed to be powerful. I'm allowed to be all these things. Right. And I, and Watch I me fly. Self <laughs> is, is kind of a, a resistance to patriarchy, right? Because as, yes. as women, we're told to stay in our places and we're told to like, if we um if we are confident then a lot of times we're thought of as arrogant or if we mm-hmm. um if we take care of ourselves then a lot of times that's selfish right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i know that that's huge in my family um and so the more we normalize this idea of it's okay to stand in our power and we are deserving of love and we are deserving of appreciation from self and others like I think that that's really powerful model for folks for myself and for folks around and for baby girls and you know I think it's really important to be like yes it's okay for us to be loud and proud and you know and brave and Mm -hmm. use our power yes Mm -hmm. And it's all a process. It's all like a lifelong Mm -hmm. learning experience Mm -hmm. of stepping into Mm -hmm. that, you know? Yeah. Okay. I have one last question for you. Okay. So this is just like a fun little question because the podcast is called Air and Earth Podcast. And it's about being lifted up, but also staying grounded. I would love to know what is something currently that is lifting you up so what is something that makes you happy right now and then what is something that is keeping you grounded so something that is like connecting you to the world or to people around you or making you feel calm and like all of that Mm -hmm. those are good questions (laughs) um I think it's almost one in the same for me um, mm. but capoeira, I know I've talked to you a little bit about capoeira and like yeah. the joy that it brings me. Um, I think for me, for folks who don't know, capoeira is a Afro-Brazilian martial art, um, that came out of this idea of, um, incorporating dance into martial arts to hide it, um, from slave masters on plantations. 
and so it incorporates mm-hmm. dance and music, which I know are both very dear to your heart as well. Um, so mm-hmm. dance and music and and are incredibly important and bring me so much joy. Um, and learning how to move my body in a way that's like free, like to untrain my oh. body to like, it's been really powerful. Um, because I don't consider myself a dancer or a mover or whatsoever. So to like, just really learn how to not care about like what other people are thinking or what I think and like, just go with my voice and my body and move with it has been so fun and really hard as well. Um, and I think within that, the things that keep me grounded is community. Um, Mm, I think that mm -hmm. there's a huge community attached to Capoeira there's a huge community attached to so many different things, right? And for me, having actual relationships and community keeps me grounded and shows me what we're doing all of this for, right? Um, It's it's a place where I can go and share ideas and build on them or get checked on them or, and it's really loud outside. I don't know if you're catching this, but... A little bit, okay. but it's okay. Sorry, I don't know how to are doing that. I live in a busy neighborhood. Um, LA. LA. This is welcome to LA. Um, I also didn't even notice until you said something, though, because I was so just like, I'm just like eating up what you're saying, you know? Uh, okay, I'm well, like, he's exactly. community. Yeah, I think, I, I really think that um, it's very easy to get isolated in this world. And I personally think that a lot of times that's intentionally done because when we are alone, we, we don't know that other people are going through the same things. And so that when we have community, when we share with people, when we um, really build relationships, um, we feel much more connected and that leads us to sitting in our power a lot more. So that's been really important and grounding. For that's me. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome. Well, I just once again want to say thank you so, so much. This conversation was like, uh, it was so good. It was, yeah. and I just know it's going to, it's going to be good for people to listen to. And I, hope so. I just appreciate everything you do. Thanks. And, um, for those of you who are listening, I'm going to have links down okay. below in the show notes for how you can get in touch with Amreen and learn more about her work and her course and all of that. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so, so much. Thanks for having me. And again, I just, I love how open you are to sharing and learning and growing and you are definitely inspirational to me as well. And just to any of the folks out there, please feel free to like if there was things where you're like, I want to know more about this, please, please, please reach out. This is all in the hopes that we mm. learn and grow together. Mm. Yeah. That is so sweet. Thank you yeah. for opening that communication yeah. line. That is awesome. For sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I'm seeing yeah. her face. You guys don't get to see her face, but I get to see that beautiful smile. <laughs> I, you're so cute. Oh, my God. Oh, my I love you. Love you too. Thanks for having me on here. I can't wait to hear it and see everything that you manifest. You're awesome. I love you so much. You're great.